Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark. And we are talking about the new Sixers head coach, Nick Nurse. And who better to talk about Nick Nurse than the Raptors analyst for Sportsnet. He does all of the Raptors games, and he does a great job. And, of course, he has ties to our area from Germantown Academy, Villanova, and a former Raptors player, Alvin Williams. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me, John. Appreciate you. And you've got a lot of history with Philly having grown up here, and then, of course, you faced the Sixers in the 2001 playoffs as the Sixers went to the finals. We won't get into that, though. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bringing back those bad memories, man. My bad. So how about for you when you heard that Nick Nurse chose the Suns? Uh, he had a, he had a choice of the Suns or the Sixers, right? Um, mm-hmm. And he chose the Sixers over Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. He wanted to work with Joel Embiid. What did you uh, think when you heard that? I mean, I, I think it's a good move. I think it's a good move for both parties. I think Nick Nurse, he knows a lot about Joel Embiid, game planning, of course, and, and having some success guarding uh, Joel Embiid. You know who's the 2023 MVP and a very talented player and one of the best players in the league. So when you're a coach, I, I, I'm figuring you'd like to see what your roster is going to be, more a stable roster, who's going to be there, and then creating that relationship with a, uh, with one of your top players and just going down the line. And I think it also gives Nick Nurse an opportunity to continue using his creative juices. You know, you know uh, Joel Embiid is somebody who's very versatile. He can dominate the game in different ways, offensively and defensively. And I think that's right up Nick Nurse's alley. Do you think there's something to Nick Nurse studying Joel as much as he has, facing him in two playoff series? And and Joel would say that Nick's defense was basically reckless. They they would throw everybody at Joel, three guys at Joel, and it would frustrate Joel at times. Do you think that that really helps him in designing an offense for Joel? I think, I mean, to a, to a degree, I think it's going to have to be, a, you know, a collaboration. And I think both people are going to have to, buy into or give into what what the other one wants to do to so to speak but I think it's a great opportunity for Joel Embiid to continue to learn you know he's been under some good coaches Doc Rivers and Brett Brown who's a who was a younger and less experienced head coach but I think he was also creative in in allowing Joel Embiid to expand his game and adjust to today's modern NBA but I think there's also an opportunity for Joel Embiid to be more dominant closer to the basket. I know a lot of people call for that, but Nick Nurse is a guy who has a reputation for being once again creative and innovative and being very, very open to having different looks for, for an offense. 
whether Joel is handling the ball or dominating the paint or in different positions on the floor, Nick Nurse is a coach that can that can come up with that type of game plan and that type of strategy. And you were a Raptors assistant coach after yep. you played for the Raptors and Nick Nurse came up through the Raptors as an assistant coach. And I heard, I guess he was an offensive coordinator actually before he became head coach, but is he now kind of more known for his, his defense? I mean, he's been called a mad scientist with his defense. <laughs> you know what? It, it could be, you know, the NBA is, is, is trendy and it's a copycat league. And on the biggest stage, when Nick Nurse got his opportunity to be a head coach, he went outside the box, you know, so to speak, on the NBA level. You know, he played boxing ones and he, he, he'll do a full court press and it went, he went to a heavy zone, which you see a lot of players, a lot of teams are doing now. Watch Miami Heat, you know, be very successful against the Boston Celtics team. But Nick Nurse is one of those guys who got a lot of credit on that big stage when the Raptors won a championship in 2019 for doing those things against, against, the Golden State Warriors, and then giving the the Sixers a lot of different looks in the semis, and then playing against Milwaukee with with um, Giannis Antetokounmpo in the fight in the conference final. So he had a lot of different strategies that he came up with defensively. And now, if you even look at his teams, he had players that had a lot of length, a lot of size, and athleticism. So he could do a lot of switching. He can do a lot of run and jump things. So his defense always brought a lot of energy and a lot of uncertainty to the NBA and to other offenses. So it's going to be interesting to see with this roster of the 76ers and you have a Joel Embiid that can defend the paint and you can pressure the ball and you know you have a big guy down there that can help out the perimeter. So I'm, I'm sure he's going, to, he's going to devise some type of scheme and some type of plan that's going to work well for the 76ers roster. Yeah, and I actually want to play for you what James Harden said last year when the Sixers – we're facing the Raptors and eliminated the Raptors from the playoffs. Here's what James said about Nick's defense. Okay. That, that was one of the uh, toughest like series I've played, I've played in just because of like their switching and their athleticism, their length. Um, they throw different defenses at you, they throw boxing ones and zones and just, they just mess up the game. Uh, you know, credit to obviously Nick Nurse, but, so, yeah, that was James last year. <laughs> just like me, huh? That's exactly what I said, huh? I know. So so you got the James Harden uh, basketball guru right there. Uh, but but here's my question. Uh, he's great with the adjustments, um, and he's great mixing it up, throwing different looks. Do you think that Joel and if James were to return and Tyrese Maxey, do you think that they could be, you know, hardcore intense defense like Nick Nurse wants for those 48 minutes? No, not at all. I, I, and that's just being frank. I think when you're an older player like a James Harden, he, you're not going to you're not going to want to pressure the basketball, not, especially when you haven't had to do that. Right. And it's been an understanding that that's not your strength, pressuring the basketball, switching, guarding bigger guys and you know, he's going to have to really commit to it if that's going to be the style that Nick Nurse brings to this roster. I'm I'm under the belief when you're a coach, at times you may have to adjust your philosophy that fits your personnel. And if you have a James Harden, if you have a Tyrese Maxey, who I believe can pressure the ball and do things like that, but he has to improve defensively, I think those guys are going to have to make that adjustment. But maybe Nick Nurse has to look in the mirror and say, hey, this is not the roster for us to do that. And if anyone can do that, I believe Nick Nurse can do that, make that adjustment. The one advantage I will say 
is when you have that big fella in the back, that does allow you to pressure a bit. You don't want to put too much pressure on him and get him in foul trouble and have him overworking. But when you have that big fella in the back that has that defensive proudness and, and can block shots and position himself, I think that's always a bonus. So that's something Nick Nurse is going to have an opportunity to play around with. But to answer your question, I don't believe and I can't see a James Harden or anyone that that's at that level or that this stage of their career and wants to play like or OG Ananobi and a Pascal Siakam and a Gary Trent Jr. and a Chris Boucher, all of these guys that did the Fred Van Vliet that did those things defensively. Yeah, and I'm looking at the Sixers roster and you see the length that the Raptors have and the athleticism and the wing type players as far as size. And I'm not necessarily seeing that on the Sixers, but you you say that Nick, one of his best attributes is adjusting to whatever the situation is, even game to game and roster, right? Yeah, I think it is. You know, with me not being in that locker room and, you know, just calling it off the monitor and at the game and not being in the huddle, the one thing I've seen as a former player, whatever scheme or whatever philosophy Nick Nurse devised, <clears throat> excuse me, he he got the most out of his team. Everyone was doing it, whether it's a full-court press. Like, if you ask the NBA team the times that he was really full-court pressing and picking up man-to-man, some, some players will look at you like you're crazy if you're a coach. But he got the players to buy in. He got the players to dive into the boxes and ones, to switch and really get down in your stands and, and be a hard cover. So he, he has that ability in that locker room to get the team to buy in, get the team to believe. And we have a team that has success as of late as 19, I mean, 2019, then, you know, those players can buy in. You heard James Harden say how hard that, that series was. So he knows what type of coach and what type of ability that he has to come with in order to make sure that coach is satisfied and is going to play him. And Nick Nurse, he's not going to take any crap. He, he believes in himself. He believes in his staff. And he feels like his way is the right way. And he's going to stick to it. Do you think because he won a championship four years ago and he was coach of the year the next year with Kawhi gone, um, do you think he brings instant credibility into that locker room with the Sixers because he won a title within the last four years? I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. I mean, this unfortunately for a coach, I've seen coaches get coach of the year and fired the next year, you know, so to speak. So I really don't know the recipe of a coach coming in getting credibility. I think over time, earning that trust, showing your team that you're working hard and you're communicating, you're holding everyone accountable. I think over time, and it could be quicker, you know, than, you know, half the season could be right at the beginning. I think Nick's just going to have to come in with that clean slate and, and earn that trust. And I think the way you earn that trust is by holding everyone accountable, making sure they work, making sure, you know, you, 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 you are the captain of that ship. But then at the same time, with this roster, with the N MVP and, uh, and older players, if they have those players still around, you have to, you know, make sure you collaborate as well. I believe that communication is critical. So, you know, I would love to say he's coming in with that cachet and, you know, the championships and all that. But today's generation with the players, the, these younger guys, they really, they, you got to show them. It's what have you done for me lately? And I think that's, that's fair as well. But I think it's going to hold Nick, Nick Nurse accountable and hold him responsible to really performing and making sure he does what he needs to do to get the Sixers to that next level. And you know, Philly, they are trying to get out Not of that second round. 
I wish I could talk to Nick and let him know, don't listen to anything, no radio or anything. Just just put his head down and, and do what he does best. Yeah, and Philly, I mean, look, Brett Brown, Doc Rivers, they've all gotten to the second round. And, and yeah. Doc Rivers, three straight trips to the second round, made two game sevens, and they are their most wins since that 2001 season. But he's out of a job because they can't get over the hump. Does Nick kind of understand, do you think, the pressure and – the expectation that he's getting into coming here to Philly. Yeah, I'm sure he does. You know, that the coaches talk. I mean, no one's in the sports world are, are dummies when it comes to the Philadelphia fan base and the Philadelphia expectations. And when you're playing and you're coaching and doing all these things against certain organizations, you pretty much know their makeup. You don't quite know their makeup until you're actually in it, but you hear their, you hear their responses, you hear their conversation, you know their reputation. So Nick is, He's he's prepared. You know, he's a he's a coach that's he's not going to come half stepping. He's not going to not be prepared. He, he's going to do what he needs to do. He's going to be ready to think outside the box. He's going to take his chances. Everything is not going to be conventional. He might have you scratching your head sometimes. But I think it all is about everyone being patient, but also understanding that it, it's a process. I still you know, I was here when the process started. You keep saying it. But. I'm under the belief, man, it's just a fan and just somebody that has, has his own thoughts that sometimes the 76ers organization is still suffering from that process. Someone like a Joel Embiid, for a long time, he was taught how to lose. And I think it, it, it comes back when it's time to win the second round, the third round, the championship. That takes a mindset. That takes an approach. That takes a responsibility. That takes maturity. And it, and it doesn't just come overnight. It doesn't come after three seasons. It comes from time. It comes from being around the right people that has that experience. So this is all. This still. This is still part of that process that the Sixers were talking and holding their hats on for a long time. Yeah, and it's interesting because Joel. It seems like he's got the regular season down. I mean, he was MVP, but then you mm -hmm. get into those moments, and he has been injured a lot during the playoffs. Uh, but you get into those moments, the key moments of game six, where they had a lead against the Celtics with five minutes left, and he doesn't even touch the ball the rest of the way. And then game seven, obviously, it was bad for him and James Harden. Do you think that Nick Nurse can be that, that extra that they need to get over the hump, where he is always searching for those details and the, the, the little things that are needed to win and, and on the margins and stuff like that? Yeah, I, I think he can be. And I think, you know, and, and, you know, I look at a Joel Embiid. I had a chance to work with the Sixers a few years back early in his career, and I know how dominant he wanted to be. He wants to be and how great he wants to be. But I also, like I said, it's about having that figure sometimes that can guide you and can show you and that coach that's going to tell you and hold you to the fire. And, you know, Nick Nurse has to be that person. It's not as talented as a Joel Embiid is or a James Harden is, you still need coaches. I've watched a Kobe Bryant. He needed a coach. I watched LeBron James need a coach. I watched Michael Jordan. Guys need coaches, whether it's to put them in position that they can be successful and less resistance of defense, make it, whether it's making a pass. All players do not have that, that innate ability or that IQ that you say like a joker has, you know, passing the ball and all that stuff. Some players, a lot of players, most players have to learn that. And a lot of times it's through experience. But other times it's through proper coaching. It's through the coaching that, you know, that's relentless and you're going to hold them to the fire. I watched Allen Iverson going against him for many years. And you see how he struggled a lot with Larry Brown. But Larry Brown stayed to him. They had their battles. 
He got MVP, one of the best players we've ever seen. So the greatest players, they still need coaching. And I think Nick Nurse can be that, that person for Joel Embiid. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. And what kind of offense do you think we're going to see from Nick in Philly? <laughs> Obviously, you know, you've seen the pace with Toronto, yeah. and, and you've heard how he likes to play the starters a lot of minutes. Can you know, does Joel have to get in even better shape to be able to 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 run Nick Nurse's systems? Yeah, I think he needs to get in shape just to be ready for it. But I, I believe that the conversation and the reputation of Nick Nurse playing his starters a lot, I believe he really felt he had to play his starters a lot the past two seasons for the Raptors. And once he did that, you know, the Raptors start taking off. And maybe the bench wasn't deep enough or maybe the confidence confidence wasn't there or the rotations weren't the way he wanted them to be to, to play his style. But he did do that a lot, play the starters a lot of minutes. But you, if you're if you're the Sixers, you have to be ready for that. You have to be ready because this is a coach that's not going to necessarily buy into the load management at times or whatever that sports science department looks like or what they give him. He's going to play those players to win, his best players, to give himself an opportunity. So, yes, Joel's going to have to get it, get get in better shape as well as the rest of the players because Nick Nurse, he will and he may do that or have that approach playing his starters heavy minutes. So so Tyrese Maxey, how do you think he would fit in an offense that Nick Nurse runs? I mean, Tyrese can get up and down that floor. Yeah, I, I think he'll explode. I think he'll be very successful. I think more importantly, his attitude. From everything I've heard, he has a wonderful attitude. He loves basketball. And every coach, that you know, that that's infectious in a way. And I think a coach would love to coach that. But I believe his skills, anyway, from shooting the basketball, from changing, he's the one player on the team that can change the tempo of the game, you know, no matter who they're playing against. He can get the ball from end to end. He can attack the basket. He plays with that explosiveness. But the one thing he has to really improve on is going to be his defense because he's going to have to guard. He's going to have to pressure the basketball. He's going to have to do those things and make sure he's not a he's not enabling the team to 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 get a lot of penetration and finishes at the basket or put Joel Embiid in foul trouble. So he's going to have to spend, he's going to have to improve his defensive game. But offensively, I think he's a great fit for Nick Nurse and what he wants. Is there a little bit of concern with Nick about how his half-court offense hasn't been as successful over the last couple of years? Um, I, I mean, I, I'm sure it's a lot of concern when you look at the numbers, but, you know, I'm probably not the right person. Because once again, I can watch, and I can watch from the fan, I can watch from the analyst, but when you're out there playing, it's just really different to know, like, where we're falling short offensively and we can look at it sometimes there's a lot of isolation basketball sometimes there's a lot of three-point basketball but a lot of times to be fair things are analytically driven the different styles and the different shot attempts and where the shots are being taken I always feel if you're not shooting the ball well which you saw the Raptors not be a great three-point shooting team I think they had I know they had players that could make three-pointers in the past but I thought some of the shots were bad shots, and I thought some of the shots were taken by people that may have not have been shooting shooting those shots. So I think it's really about holding people accountable 
But I do believe that um, Nick, once again, if he has the right pieces, if he has the right, the right mindset and the pieces have the right mindset, he can make it work. You know, it's interesting because you said uh, holding players accountable and I've seen some of Nick's press conferences. He'll be open with the public sometimes about how a guy needs to pick it up or do better in certain areas. And he almost calls guys out sometimes in the media, right? Yeah. I mean, he's not bashful. He earned his stripes. You know, he, when you, when you're a coach and you put a lot into it and, 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 you know, you, you feel like you have that right. And it depends on the, the makeup of your, or, or the characters in that locker room. Can they stand that? But I've seen him, you know, bench Pascal Siakam early in his career and, you know, guys like that. So he's not afraid to put, you know, put his fist to the fire and, and do what needs to be done to get the best out of that team. As long as he gets the support from the management and the ownership, and let him be the person he needs to be, then I think he'll be a good place. But the players are definitely going to have to step up. They're going to have to be in shape. They're going to have to be ready to play at a high level at all times. Because once again, as you mentioned, Nick Nurse, he has a fly around defense. He has a lot of energy and he likes pace. So, so if you're not, if you're a player and you're a team that's not used to that, you're going to have to get used to it because Nick Nurse is going to, I think, bring that type of that approach to the, to the team. Are there any, core principles that we're going to see from Nick Nurse with the Sixers? I mean, it seems like they're they're great with turnover efficiency on mm-hmm. both ends, uh, offensive rebounding. I mean, what, maybe what's the staple or some things that we should look out for with the Sixers that Nick Nurse is really going to implement? You know, that that is one. Offensively, you know, they haven't been the great greatest shooting team, but they do not turn the ball over and they force turnovers. So those are some things that, that allow the Raptors to be Maybe not the best teams, but they gave themselves a chance to win. And once again, that James Harden clip, although that was the playoffs, a lot of teams, you a lot of players you were here, they're very tough team to play against, a very tough team to prepare against. So I think that's a staple of versatility. And I think a lot of that had to do with the roster makeup. Once again, you had a lot of players that were very similar in stature and, and, and athletic ability, and it allowed Nick Nurse to be creative and do a lot of switching and do stuff like that. But it's going to be interesting to see what he does, because this is not the same type of roster. But I will say the staple in my eyes is to present whatever he presents, he gets his team to buy in. And, and that that's something I think that's invaluable when you have when you have a coach that can get players to do that. And it was reported that Joel Embiid met with Nick Nurse before Nick was hired by the Sixers. How is he with the relationships with a star player? You know, he had Kawhi. How is he, you know, probably going to be with Joel Embiid here? You know what? I, I really don't know. And uh, I mean, uh, what, what good am I, right? I, I, I don't know. We, we don't get all the access and media in Toronto that I, that I would love to get. But, you know, I'm very close with Kyle Lowry. And I remember when he first got the job and at that time, I think it was before Kawhi Leonard was even there. And he gave Kyle Lowry a call and Kyle told me he was straight up with him. Pretty much. We're going to meet, we're going to talk, but this is how it's going to be. And once again, he's going to hold those guys to the fire. He's going to, he's not bashful. He understands the importance of your best players buying in your best players being your best players at all times. And, and I think I'm sure he's learned even over the years, having a Kawhi Leonard and being around a Kyle Lowry and assistant coaching to DeMar DeRozan in his, in his career. So I think he's going to be one of those guys and I can see him being one of those guys that's going to hold, hold those guys to the fire. He's not going to bite his tongue, but he's going to expect them to be the best players, which they are and be the best players every night. 
And I think when, when you're a fan coming to the game and when you're management paying these salaries, that's one important thing you can ask for, the coach holding these guys accountable and making sure they're responsible for their action. And I, I've seen him uh, on some YouTube videos. He'll get out to a local pub or a, uh, a musical establishment and get out there with a band. I mean, you think maybe we could get him with uh, Boys to Men or something here in Philly? Hey, we could get him. Hey, why not? Why not? Take him to Zanzibar Blue or one of those. I don't know if that, I can't remember. I haven't been out so long, but give him somewhere down Old City and let him pull out his guitar. I heard he's, you know, he's mean on the instruments and he takes his guitars or whatever instrument it is and, you know, take him to his room, be on the road with him. So mu music is, is, is a staple for him. And, and, and it's cool. It's cool to see he has other interests and sometimes you got to decompress. And I think music is his outlet. Yeah, no, he seems like a, a, a good, fun guy. And I think he I think even though it's Nick Nurse, I think he actually got his doctorate last year in oh, leadership wow. or something, I think. Okay. So maybe Maybe nurse yeah, is a doctor as well. Yeah, he has it going on. I'm telling you, you guys got to be nice to him. Be, don't don't have my man out here with his guitar on uh on Broad and Patterson, you know, and, and getting changed. And y'all to chase him out the city after two weeks. I know this city is tough. He likes his music, but I want him playing that guitar in his hotel room and not jobless, you know, in Broad and Patterson or somewhere down there. Well, he knows what he's getting into because he sees that Doc Rivers got fired after three straight second-round exits. Um, so he knows he's got to get this team over the hump. And you know Philly, he'll hear it. Yeah, he'll, he'll hear it. But he's, he's, he's equipped. He's, I'm telling you, he, one of the things that I really enjoy watching him coach was how his team bought in. I think this year was for the Raptors was a little more of a struggle. It's like one of those things where your, your younger players, they're maturing and they're, they're starting to smell themselves a little bit or they have their own ideas. And it's more of a struggle, like you're the parent and you're the older teenagers just not listening like they were when they were younger. And I think that that came to a part. But he's a guy that, from my from my experience and watching, he was getting the most out of his players. And they were playing at a high level. And every night a team came in to the Raptors or when they went on the road, it was a tough game. Well, that's what Philly is hoping for. Hey, uh, growing up in Philly, what was your favorite sports memory growing up as a kid? Oh, Philly, it was no doubt when the Sixers won a championship. Although I was a Lakers fan, um, I was a huge Dr. J and Mo Cheeks and Andrew Tony and Moses Malone. And, you know, my dad taking me to those games. But, of course, it's that 82, 83, that, that, that year when they won the championship and then getting the chance to go to Villanova. Remember, Dr. J used to bring his sons to Villanova and, and shoot when we finished practice. So I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a huge Philadelphia historian. Not a big fan, as you and I discussed, you know, briefly a couple of days ago, but I, I, I'm Philadelphia to the heart. But, you know, I just I'm just not eh. I, I've taken some bad losses to Philadelphia 76ers team. So I can't bring myself around to that. So so eventually it, it kind of got taken out of you like it's it's Philly. Philly fandom is not in your soul anymore because of the, the pain. Yeah, the, the, the pain, you know, you know, this is I went to an Eagles game. And my dad used to coach, and this is a story, my dad used to coach a, a rough-touch football team called the Cowboys right down North Philadelphia, 33rd and Diamond. And I was the honorary player on the team. They won a championship, got me a Cowboys jacket, blue and white. And I remember I went to the Eagles game, and my dumb self wore my, my rough-touch Cowboys jacket. <laughs> and that's the first time I saw what a middle finger. I asked my dad, what does the middle finger mean? And that, a guy, when I was at the funeral, I was about eight years old, gave me a double middle finger. And I've been heard ever since by the Eagles fans, man. So 
That's where I met. But that was a dumb mistake. My dad told me not to wear that jacket. But I was proud of my Cowboys honorary member jacket. Well, listen, you were eight years old, so you think you're the man and you can go anywhere you want. So eight years old and a guy gave you the double bird? The double bird while I was at the urinal. I went to my dad and said, hey, dad, what does this mean? I showed him the double bird. And he said, what, what do you mean? I never, where'd you get that from? I said, the man in there did that. So we spent about another quarter chasing the man. Well, not chasing him. We couldn't find him. It was the Eagles game against the Cowboys. What the heck? So, so your, your, you know, dad, your, your, your dad was going to give him a talking to? Probably more than that. My dad was a Philadelphia police officer at the time. So it's a little probably more than that. He was a little <laughs> upset that somebody gave his boy, eight-year-old boy, the double, the double bird. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of unacceptable. I mean, there should be like an age, like you got to be 18 years old to get a double bird from somebody. Um, at least nine. At yeah. least nine, not eight. But, but he's your dad, you know, he's got to coach you up. You know, you can't wear those Cowboys colors to the uh, the Eagles games. But you know hey, what? I respect you. You know what? He told me. He told me, don't wear that coat, man. I'm wearing my coat, dad. They can't tell. <laughs> don't wear that jacket, Al. I had no clue. Listen to your parents for all the young folks out there. That's true. That is a good <laughs> lesson there. That is a good lesson there. I think people realize because I think actually sometimes it became physical as well, not just double birds. So, oh, yeah. uh, so hey. Maybe you got off easy. I did a lot, very easy. How about how about Villanova? Um, and then you know you you play against the Sixers. Were you still a big Philly sports fan when you actually played against the Sixers in the two thousand one playoffs? No, no. Like I said, I was. You know what? I, growing up, I loved Magic Johnson and the Lake. When I start really knowing the game, Magic Johnson and the Lakers were my team, and I love Georgetown Hoyas. So I didn't. I did. I would. The only Philadelphia team I really I, I like the Sixers but I was a temple guy I love John Chaney I used to go to his camps and he is Sunny Hill John Chaney and that that was it and and just growing up watching Mark Macon and watching um uh Granger Hall all these guys that that was me so I wasn't a big Philadelphia big fan I was a sports fan and an individual fan so what was it like when you saw Villanova win that national championship and then they did it again it was it was it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable when when they won when they won the championship. And you know wh why? And it's not just me being a Villanova guy. Like if you go up to Villanova, which I spend some time up there, a little more than I than I did before. But everyone's nice, man. Those guys, the guys that they were recruiting at that time, and still, it's it's a fam. It's really a family feel. You know, Jay Wright did a very good job of making like the alumni feel welcome coming back home. And I go up there with my kids or my family, the guys would take time off, come say hi. So it was always a pleasure seeing them be successful, but the way they played, you know, the toughness, the being undermanned at time and, and being able to shoot very similar to today's NBA. And you see a lot of the Villanova players, they have a lot of success in the NBA. And it's because of that style of play. That style of play was was something huge that Jay Wright had. And I was very familiar with it as well because Steve Lapis at the time, we played small ball. We did a lot of motion with Kerry Kittles and Eric Ebers and John, guys like that. So um, it was very good seeing those guys win. And then I couldn't believe it in 2018 when they went right back to it. And, and that was more dominant 2018. So it's very satisfying watching a, watching a Wildcats do their thing. Yeah, Jay Wright, I mean, you could argue he's the best coach to ever come through the Philly area. Uh, before I let you go, what was it like playing against AI, especially in that series in 2001, for them to go to the finals? It was hell. 
uh, you know, it was, you know, being a competitor. And for me, it was an opportunity because I wasn't playing that much the previous years. I wasn't getting a lot of opportunities to play long stretches and 35 minutes a game and get those opportunities. So, you know, I played against AI when he was at Georgetown. I played against him throughout the career. And then that year we played those guys seven times in the playoffs. And then I think five times or four times in a regular season, that was his MVP year. And he just never, he never changed. Always was aggressive, always was attacking, always you could see him thinking the game as well. But, you know, it was, it was an honor and it was a pleasure to play against him. But all that being said, it was hell because he just coming back home. Maybe if we played in Siberia somewhere and no one, my family and friends didn't get to see him kick my ass so much, it wouldn't have been as bad. But a lot of my friends got a chance to see it. I'm getting people tickets. They were in AI jerseys to the game. So that he he also stopped people from getting tickets on my behalf because I wasn't given much tickets when they was coming to watch AI play and really pretty much not me. But it was it was fun playing against um, AI, man. That, that's my man. So so if you had told your friends like, hey, I mean, I got my Williams jersey here. I mean, you can put that on. They wouldn't have done it. They're wearing AI, huh? <laughs> well, well, the only Williams jersey available was the one I was wearing. Mine's mine's didn't hit the didn't hit the shelves. <laughs> Nobody was really selling those things unless unless you got it right from the back uh, equipment room from the Raptors. That was the only one you're going to get. So they it was they they were very rare to get an Alvin Williams jersey. That's funny. <laughs> Hey, uh, nowadays, nowadays, these teams, they try to make sure that they don't even sell tickets to certain zip codes now. So they don't let the enemy in. Really? Yeah. That's something I didn't even know that I like, I like that plan. That's a good plan. You got to do like a vetting process of your friends, right? Yeah, for sure, man. Especially in the playoffs. After I, one of the games, I saw one of the guys when he was wearing a Moses Malone and then the other guy was wearing an AI jersey. Ticket stopped after that. So <laughs> family, just, just my family. That was it. Wow. Amazing times, though. That's great you got to play in such a huge series back in 2001 against the Sixers. Uh, I mean, that's the last time the Sixers were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe Nick Nurse will be the guy to get him back there. Yeah, maybe. I mean, once he, he, has, he has a good starting block with Joel Embiid. And once again, like I said, like he faces a lot of criticism. But it's not just on him. I've seen him mature from a guy that was heavy on Twitter and social media and, and trolling people to a guy that's serious, the guy that's not getting hurt as much, playing, taking pride in playing a lot of games, dominating games. He still has some way to go. But, you know, once again, Nick Nurse could probably be that, that, that piece that can help him get to that next phase of his career because he's doing a heck of a job already. But he got some way to go that can help this team and bring a championship to the city. Well, we appreciate your time giving us some insight and perspective uh, and, and best wishes uh, another year broadcasting the Raptors games on Sportsnet in Canada. And uh, you're a Philly guy. You will always be a Philly guy. Definitely. No doubt about that. We see each other. We see each other right in the Philly streets. So you know where I am. Yeah, no, that's cool. And we should give a shout out to Joe Zaret for helping, helping our uh, aches and pains. He helps us get, get right. Joe Zaret's rehab there in Philly. I mean, he can cause some more pain to help get the pain out, but the man does a good job. <laughs> no doubt about it. I, I had my partial knee replacement after those years chasing AI around, but um, <laughs> he's, he's bringing, he's bringing my range of motion back overnight. He and his staff and they're doing a great job and I'm, I'm excited. I'll be there at six 30 tomorrow. Oh man, you're dedicated. And, and I bet you, uh, I bet you wish they had some load management back in the day there, those nights against AI. 
I would I would I would have ducked out and, and not showed up to any of those games. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we appreciate you and uh, and best wishes uh, as you continue your career. That's awesome with the Raptors and, and doing the games. And so uh, maybe someday soon we'll see you in the playoffs again. Nick Nurse facing his old team. That'd be fun. That'd be very fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on, John. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.